Welcome to the X plus one podcast, where we meet you where you are with Jesus Christ and seek to take you one step closer to him. I'm your host, Luke Metzler, and today we will be starting a short four-part series on focus. I've been reading through many of Paul's letters recently in my quiet time, and I've been learning more and more about Paul's character and why he was able to do all that he did. The miracles, the ministry, the boldness are all a result of his great faith. And I believe many of you listening are well aware and know of Paul's great faith. And I believe a lot of his faith, a large part of his faith, maybe all of his faith is due to his incredible focus. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to be putting out content on Paul's focus in hopes that you and I can grow in having a focus and a mindset like Paul. I'd eventually like to do this for someone like David as well, a man of incredible focus, someone who was after God's own heart, as said in 1 Samuel 13, verse 14. David had incredible focus as well. But for this series specifically, we're just going to be focusing on Paul. And today on this episode, I want to specifically ask you, the listener, what are you focused on? In your day-to-day, where is your focus? Something that continually irks me, and it really eats at me when I read my Bible, when I get into the Word of God, is that what I read is not what I see. What I read is not what I see in my own life. And what I read is not what I see in the church or in the lives of others. What I read is not what I see. The biggest reason why this hurts me so much is because there is so much more to our relationship with God and we're missing it. You're missing it. I'm missing it. Because of our lack of proper focus, we miss out on intimacy with the God that created everything around you, that created you. We're not focused on the right things. We're not focused on what matters. And even when we are able to focus on what matters, we are unable to hold that focus for significant periods of time. We're forgetful people. I'll be the first one to raise my hand and with the loudest voice say that I struggle with focus so much. I'm focused on the wrong things so often and there's a continuous battle in my mind over my focus. And I've learned that the reason why that is, the reason why it can be so difficult to keep me focused on the Lord And the reason why it can be so difficult for you to keep your focus on God is because that is what the enemy's after. The enemy is after your focus. The enemy seeks to cause you to lose focus because he knows that if he can get you focused on what truly doesn't matter, if he can get you focused on you and your circumstances and your success and your physical appearance, your finances, your relationships, if he can get you focused on anything that isn't God, he can rob you of what matters most. That's intimacy with Christ. If the enemy can get you to take your focus off of Jesus, you lose your ability to be effective for the kingdom because ultimately we can do nothing without Christ. Anything not done for God is ultimately worthless and will fade along with the flowers of the spring. And the enemy is so, so good at getting us to lose focus on God. He's really, really good at getting us to focus on what does not matter. When we lose focus, we remove our feet from Christ the solid rock the firm foundation, and instead we move it onto a foundation of sinking sand. We become like Peter, where instead of continuing to walk on the water towards Christ and being focused on him, we begin to sink as we start to lose focus, as we begin to look at the winds and the waves of our lives and our circumstances. Now, I've talked about focus before on a previous podcast titled Fix Your Focus, where I analyze and I elaborate on the man with the greatest focus in the Bible, like I previously mentioned, that man being David. And I said, 
David had the greatest focus in Scripture because he was known as, as a man after God's own heart, which is truly what matters most. He was a man after intimacy with God. David was all in, focused on his intimacy with Christ. But there is another man with incredible focus in Scripture, and that man is Paul. We love Paul. There are so many aspects of Paul's focus that I want to highlight over the course of this series. But I have chosen to challenge you with just one aspect today. I want to highlight what Paul is focused on when it comes to himself. And that is why I asked you, what are you focused on? Because we're going to learn what Paul is focused on in Scripture. The letters written by Paul to the church of Thessalonica are where Paul's focus is most evidently portrayed. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, Paul gives us clear insight on his personal focus. He writes, But though we had already suffered and had been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please the God who tests our hearts. Whew, that's good. In verse 4, Paul makes it very, very clear what his focus is. If I'm going to reread verse 4, he says, Just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. In that verse, his focus is made known. It's to please God. Simple as that. Paul wanted to please God. His focus, his every waking second, was just to please the Lord, to live a life pleasing unto God. And he says the same thing in his letter to the church of Corinth as well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, where he says that his aim is to please God. That is what he is shooting for. He is shooting for pleasing the God of the universe. That is his focus every second, every day. He wanted to please God in all that he did. Do you? Let your life answer that question. Look at your actions. I'm sure the desire is there, but if we look at the way we live, the answer is certainly not. We are so forgetful. We lose focus on why we are doing what we are doing. Are you working a nine to five Monday through Friday solely for a paycheck? Or is it to please God? Are you playing a sport solely for success or is it to please God? When you ask yourself the why to whatever it is you were doing, when you ask yourself, what is the why behind my actions? Your focus will be revealed. Is your why serving God? Is your why seeking to please him in everything? What is your why? Paul's why was to serve and to please God. And this is beautiful to me because his ministry, his vocation, all surrounded, it was all about people. He needed favor with people to be successful. Yet it seems very clear to me in these verses that Paul preaches the gospel with the desire for people to be saved. But his focus, his identity is not in whether or not people are receptive to his word, whether they are receptive to the gospel and they're saved. It is whether or not he is pleasing and serving God with his whole heart. It is whether or not he is doing what God has instructed him to do, whether he is living a life pleasing unto the Lord. 
The focus of living solely to please God brings Paul's mission into place. And it should bring our mission into place as well. Overall, in these verses, Paul is elaborating on his mission given to him by God. The same mission that you and I have been given by God. And that is to declare the gospel, to declare the good news to others. He is saying that God has entrusted to him the gospel and he is going to share the gospel for the glory of the Lord. He is living for him. He is focused on him. There is so much that I believe we miss about focus. And there is so much I believe we can miss from those three verses that I just read. I mean, in verse 2, Paul says, With boldness in our God, we declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. Think about that. Despite the conflict surrounding Paul and the suffering that he has endured, that he is enduring for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the mission, he still does not lose focus. I believe many of you listening are truly not surprised when I tell you that your main focus should be on pleasing God and God alone. That doesn't surprise you. That doesn't shock you. But how many of us lose that focus in the midst of trial? How many of us lose focus in the midst of our circumstance and the chaoticness of our lives? I mean, it is so easy to remain focused on God and pleasing him when everything is pleasing to you, when everything is going according to your plan and it's going well. But what about when things aren't? Where is your focus then? What about when your life becomes so incredibly busy You feel as if you have zero time for the Lord. Where is your focus then? The enemy is after your focus. He wants to get you focused on the circumstances of your life so that you lose sight of God, that you lose sight of the one who is in complete control. You lose sight of what and who matters. What we lack is a consistent focus on pleasing God and serving him. We are prone to wander and we lose focus on that. We lose focus on serving God so easily. It has been said so many times, I'm sure you've heard before, there is strength in consistency. And what we do consistently shapes our lives. With an inconsistent focus on pleasing and serving God, we slow, we stop the formation of the figurative shape of Christ and instead start to take the shape of the world more and more. Instead of looking more and more like Jesus, we look more and more like the world. And this is a result of an inconsistent focus. So if the enemy can alter your focus, he can stop your effectiveness for the kingdom because you become more and more like the flesh of the world. You're starting to fit in with the sinful nature of our world and its culture instead of standing out like we are called to be and to do. The enemy wants you to focus on worldly things, on the secularism of the world. God wants you to live solely for him. And and trust me, I don't care how great of a multitasker you claim to be. You cannot be focused on the righteousness of God and somehow be focused on the fleshliness of the world at the same time. It can't happen. And if I were to ask you right now, what percentage of your day is spiritual? What number would you say? 10%, 20%, 30%, 5%, I was asked this question last year and I remember calculating the percentage because I was like, oh man, how holy am I? 
So I calculated it. I had, I had a one-hour quiet time in the morning, and I listened to a one-hour podcast. So I said it was two hours out of the 12 in the day for a resounding 16.67%, and that is what I wrote down and turned in. I was proud of it. I was like, hey, you know, that, that ain't bad. That's pretty good. But with a number like that, we're missing the point. I was missing the point. My day, your day is not supposed to be 16.67% spiritual. It's not supposed to be 20% spiritual, 5% spiritual, or even 50% spiritual. It is supposed to be 100% spiritual. Your every moment should be lived under the focus of pleasing God. We should live with the mindset of, how can I live pleasing to God in every situation, in every second of our lives? We live a 100% spiritual life when our focus is on pleasing and serving God in everything that we do. Not just in our quiet time or our prayer before we go to bed. In the in-between, in the nine to five. That is where it's found. That is where we can live pleasing unto the Lord. That is where we need to live 100% spiritual. Paul tells us in Colossians 3.23 that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Paul is saying here that whatever you choose to do on any given day, you can do it for the glory of the Lord. You can do it in a way that is pleasing unto him. You can mow the grass for the glory of the Lord. You can make a sandwich for the glory of the Lord. You can go on a run for the glory of the Lord. You can do your homework for the glory of the Lord. Attend a meeting for the glory of the Lord. Have a conversation for the glory of the Lord. You can do everything for the glory of the Lord. It is a heart posture. It is a focus. What is your focus? Is your focus on glorifying God in all that you do? Or is it on yourself? Is it on you? Is it on furthering your own agenda and your own personal desires? Is God a means to an end? Do you want a relationship with God solely out of what he can give you? This prosperity gospel of, oh, if I follow God, then I'll be successful. My family will be wealthy. I will be financially secure. Are you at the center or is God? Is the focus on you and what God can do for you or what you can do for him? How can I serve God? How can I empty myself for him today? Philippians chapter 2, we get an insight into Jesus' heart where it says that he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Jesus had every reason to not do that. He was God, yet he made himself nothing so that we might have a relationship with him. He gave everything for us. And if he gave everything for us, we should be able to give everything for him. He deserves our everything. He deserves your everything. In all things, we can do it for the glory of the Lord in a way that is pleasing unto him for a heavenly reward. And yet for some reason, we don't. How many of you live your everyday seeking to serve the Lord in a way that brings about heavenly reward? How many of us have that focus? How many of you are thinking right now at your job, in the classroom, how many of us are thinking about heavenly reward? How many of us are thinking about that? I'm certainly not. I can tell you, I certainly don't think about that. I certainly don't have that focus on heavenly reward, on serving Christ every second of every day. I want that mindset. 
And my encouragement to you is that you can live with a personal focus like Paul's, one that is solely focused on pleasing God and making the gospel known to others. You can live a life that is 100% spiritual all of the time with no separation from the secular world. You can spiritualize the secular world. They don't need to be separated, and your faith does not need to be privatized. So again, I ask you, what are you focused on? Where is your focus? To reiterate and to summarize Paul's personal focus, he was focused solely on pleasing the Lord and doing what the Lord told him to do to the best of his ability, which was to preach the gospel and to make his name known. And whatever it is God has tasked you to do, he has tasked you to do it for his glory and to further his name and his kingdom. Whether you are the CEO of a startup company or an employee at a tech firm or a Chick-fil-A employee, God has given you a task there to further his kingdom. You are not there to further the economy, make some money, and die. God did not place you on this earth to bring forth some babies, make some money, and die. He has given you a unique task, a unique purpose that only you can do, that only you have been given the unique set of abilities and gifts to do. And you've been given that task and that purpose to further the kingdom and to bring glory to the name of God. Not to further your own name, your own wealth, your own family, your family's wealth, your life. No, you have been given it to bring glory to God and God alone. For all of us, our task is to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and we've all been given different vocations to do so. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 20, that we are ambassadors of Christ. In other words, God has given you and God has given me the responsibility to make his name known. Think about it. Think about the unbelievers in this world. Somebody's got to tell them the good news. Why not you? Why not me? That is what we're here to do. We're here to share the good news. That is what matters. Somebody's got to tell them. Somebody's got to live it. Somebody's got to show them. We hold the difference between life and death in our tongues and in our lives. Let's share it. We are ambassadors of Christ. It is our responsibility to make the name of God known. And when it comes to preaching the gospel, we should be like Paul, always preaching it. Living a life 100% spiritual means living a life that preaches the gospel 100% of the time. And although you are always preaching the gospel, although we should always be preaching the gospel 100% of the time, I'm starting to believe that only occasionally do we use our words. Your life ought to be the mark of life transformation because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And you ought to live in that freedom, seeking to please and to serve at all times. Live out the gospel 100% of the time, seeking to please the Lord. God gave his only son for you. He sent his son for us. He sent his son to die on the cross for you and for me. He gave us everything. And once you realize that, once you realize that in Jesus and God giving us everything, he deserves our everything in return. It's that simple. He gave us his everything, so he deserves our everything. He deserves our every breath, our every hour, our every conversation, our every relationship, our every paycheck. He deserves it all. God deserves it all. He deserves your everything. He deserves your focus.
He deserves your focus 100% of the time. So I ask you, where is your focus right now? Is it like Paul's? Is it on Jesus Christ 24-7, 365? I will tell you that your focus is a reflection of your priorities. Your focus is a reflection of your heart. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your focus is primarily on women and their beauty, there your heart lies and there your treasure is also. If your focus is primarily on getting that bag and that seven-figure paycheck, there your heart is also. If your focus is on marriage and getting married, there your heart is also. Where your focus is lies your treasure. What are we idolizing? Are we idolizing women, men, relationship, money, financial stability, sports? Or is our idol Christ? Is that what we're living for? Is that our focus? In other words, if your focus is not on Jesus, your heart lies with things of the world of which are fleeting and temporal. Your treasure isn't eternal. Your treasure isn't fulfilling. It will leave you empty. But when we focus like Paul and we look to please and to serve God in all that we do, doing everything as if working for the Lord and not for men, we begin to store up treasure that will last forever, forever. And we begin to embark on a life of fulfillment through relationship with Jesus because we are focusing on what matters most, and that is intimacy with Christ. I'm so, so passionate about focus. Your focus drives your faith. It is the engine of your car. It drives your faith. When we focus on Jesus, his spirit enables us to do things we can never do. We can truly walk on the waters of life like Peter did. But when our focus falters, when we lose focus and we take our eyes off Christ, like Peter, we begin to sink. We begin to sink and fall in the circumstances and the chaos of life. Our focus drives our faith. Your focus drives your faith. What you focus on will grow. What you magnify will grow. If you choose to focus on Christ, that is what will begin to grow in your heart and the fruit will begin to show in your life. And if you choose to focus on the things of this world, you choose to focus and feed your flesh, that is what will begin to grow in your life and in your heart. Your focus is the mitochondria of your faith. Just like the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, your focus is the powerhouse of your faith. If the powerhouse of the cell ain't working right, then the cell lacks the energy it needs to produce efficiently and to operate. Similarly, if your focus, the powerhouse of your faith, isn't on pleasing and serving God, if that isn't your focus, you can't do much. You can't efficiently operate in the calling God has given you, which is to further his kingdom. You can't do it. You can't do it. Lack of focus on serving Christ results in lack of faith. It results in a faith that can't do much for the kingdom because it is weak. It's unstable. It's insecure. It's volatile. If your focus is on Christ, you can do all things. You can do anything through him. He can use you. If your focus is on serving, he can use you. That's my desire for you. That's my desire for me. God, use us. Use me for your kingdom. Use me. Use you in multiple 
grand ways. God, use us to further your name and further your kingdom because that is what matters. Focus on what matters, and that is intimacy with Jesus and furthering his name to the masses on this earth. Where is your focus today? Focus on the author and perfecter of your faith, the one in which we can do nothing without. Have a personal focus like Paul. Live focused on solely pleasing God. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. This series will continue hopefully next week. Part two of the series, we're going to be talking about faith, the focus on faith. So get ready for that. I'm very, very excited for it if you can't tell. Uh, But thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. God bless.